Welcome to The Deep End with Filterzine. Make sure you subscribe for more interviews with your favourite artists. Uh, we're back at Filter headquarters this week with another interview for The Deep End and we have two special guests in the building this week. Um, the interview that everyone's been waiting for, JMs and Spenny from 1-4. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Excellent, man. What's going on? There's so much happening with 1-4 right now, but I think it's only right to go back to 2019, um, which I think is you know, when 1-4 really started picking up momentum in Australia and overseas. Um, you know, the first ever interview that, that we did for Filter, it was also the first interview for 1-4, you know, so that was on the set of Shanks and Shivs. And um, I kind of want to start there and talk about, you know, that track, because I think that was the one that kind of put you on a national, national radar, you know, so to speak. Um, so with that track, that was the first track with YP. Um, you know, he came in, did the hook and he killed it. So whose decision was it to bring YP into the fold and, you know, what do you think he brought to that track? Yeah, P's been rapping for a while. That's my little brother, you know. So, like, actually, I was in jail at the time when I found that he was spitting bars and that. So, I used to I used to hear little things here and there, like through the phone, and I used to tell him, you know, keep going and that, like, keep pushing. When I come home, you know, like we'll, we'll start we'll start this rapping thing. So, um, he ripped that hook. I ripped my verse while I was in jail, and um, yeah, we decided to come up. We uh, we decided when I came out, we decided to make that track. So big ups to him, man. He's, he's, a, he's a natural, you know. He, he's, he's good at everything. He's a ladies' man, that kid. <laughs> Obviously, besides being a member of 1-4, you know, um, JMs, he, he's, like you said, your little brother. So what was your relationship like growing up with YP? Were you guys, like, competitive or, like...? Um, no, we were never competitive. We were very close. Um, yeah, we just fucked around a lot as little kids, you know. Um, He's, he he get a bit annoying every now and then, but no, nah, yeah, we're never competitive. I'm just proud of him, you know. And how often do you guys speak to him now, like uh, when he's inside? I speak to him every day, yeah, time, every yeah. day. He's doing good. He's kicking back with the boys. Yeah, they, they got the boys out there together. Around that same time as Shanks and Shivs, that's when you guys kind of started to build a team around you. You know, um, I first heard of One Four through you know How and Ricky, and at that same time they started to be more involved with the project. So how do you think having a team and having that sort of structure around you really helped you at that time in your career? So just having them around and, and when we linked up with them, you know, we found a bit of guidance with them around, you know. So we're always going into the studio when we first went into Sony, it was like, it was a big thing for us. So, you know, we just tried our best to go in there and, and, and impress the people around us. And that was how and Rick and and they just gave us a lot of confidence in, in our music that someone was actually looking out, you know, because it, it was at a point where we were doing it for a little bit, but there just wasn't big exposure for people like us, you know, in the rap game. And now there's, there's a lot of rappers, you know, just like us. So. Yeah, yeah, there's a scene for everyone to flourish on, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shout out to Howard, shout out to Rick. Yeah, big love. Um, and, and they managed some other artists like, you know, Rebecca Hatch and Hoodsy as well. So if you guys don't know, Rebecca Hatch and Hoodsy definitely get on that ASAP. Shout mm, out. Word. And after Shanks and Shivs came, you know, I think in many ways it was the big one. It was, you know, my favourite track from last year, The Message. Um, not only in Australia, but that's when you guys really started to pick up traction overseas, you know. And I think a really part important of that story is UK reactors, you know. Some people talk shit on reactors saying, you know, oh, it's cheap content or this and that. But, you know, there's no denying that, you know, Chazza, uh, Lee, uh, Dan and Kaz, they all played a massive role in you guys getting exposure in the UK. So what was your first reaction when, you know, you started seeing UK guys embracing your music so wholeheartedly? For me, I was like up one night just watching it, just seeing like people from another country, like listening to your music and actually like 
getting interested with it, you know, them doing their researches and that, and not knowing other words that we're talking about. So you know, it, it was it was inspiring just seeing that from from another country. And I think it's massively important as well that you know not only were these guys reacting to your music, but they were also really interested in you know. Wow, I didn't know, you know, places in Australia look like this. I thought it was just fucking outback. Oh, I thought everyone in Australia looked like a home and away character. Like, sure. That's people's perception of Australia. And when they see, you know, you know, brown boys or coloured boys, they didn't even know they exist. So I think it was really important that, you know, that, that one four was on that stage kind of showing that. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're glad we got to do that for our country and that, you know, and show, um, sh show people that it's not all like, you know, like that here in Australia. But and there's yeah. an actual culture here, you know? True. Like, we, there's actually things that's happening here as well. It's not all just kangaroos jumping around and that. <laughs> we, we were getting backlash bad too when we first came out in the UK. Like, we were, like people in the comments and that saying yeah. kangaroo jumpers and snakes that, you and know, spiders like, and shit. But everyone knows now we're, we're taking it a bit more seriously now. You mm. know, but back then we were laugh, but we're not a meme no more. You know. Yeah. I always try whenever I go overseas to explain to people, you know, there's places in Sydney you can drive for half an hour, you won't see one one person, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go to an Asian area, you know, it's all Vietnamese restaurants, Chinese restaurants, yeah. you won't see no white people for half an hour, man, they just don't understand that. So I think it's super important, you know, for representation, you know, to, for people to see that. They don't know how much of culture it is out here, you know, there's races everywhere, like, it's not just one race in one, you know, there's, you see different people everywhere, so. I'm glad people are finally getting to see that now. Yeah, and I think what's really great as well was um, Dan and Kaz's reaction. You know, um, JM's your verse, just rewinding, trying to figure out what a ganger was. <laughs> That's some of the crazy, you know, like Australian slang or West Sydney slang that, that people pick up on. So what are some other words you think that, you know, the people overseas, that they should know the meaning to or that they might be wondering having heard in your songs? Um, I don't know, I think we've used like nearly every word. <laughs> yeah, they're all starting to catch on, catch you know, on when they're watching our reactions and that, start, they start speaking slang and that, so yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, everyone's starting to say eats like this and all that. I think it's the way you dress as well, I think that's also another aspect. But when I, when I used to go out to, I don't know, like near the city and that, I always used to see people in jeans and that. Like walking around in jeans and that, and I was the only one in like tracksuit TNs, like you know, walking around the city. And now, like these times, I go around there and like I'm probably like the only one in jeans, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is in tracksuits and that. You know? Reversed. Yeah, reversed. And JD Sports is everywhere. Like, like everything you see at JD Sports, those are the things that we'll buy and we'll be the cool ones, you know. But now it's just everywhere. Like the culture shifted a lot too. So you're switching it up because it got too popular? You're starting to wear jeans now? Yeah, just trying to like, I don't know. I don't know, bro. I'll wake up this morning. Yeah. <laughs> wake up this morning and just, yeah. Uh, and I think the amazing thing about um, the message as well was that how much it was getting played by DJs at clubs, you know? These clubs that normally only play American music, a couple of years ago when Skepta and stuff started popping off, they moved into UK music, but you would never ever hear a DJ play an American, uh, an Australian song, sorry, unless it was by Minor Crooks. Minor Crooks or BYs, maybe a few other guys from their clique, but Australian music was ignored by DJs, you know, just because it wouldn't get the same reaction from people wanting to go clubbing, you know? And then last year, the amount of times I heard the message was crazy. Yeah, 100. And I remember, you know, the first time I heard it out, I, I texted Lex the footage and he was like, oh man, did you, did you request that from the DJ, man? Did you, you know, did you ask him to play it? And I'm like, no, 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 bro, he played it himself. You know, it was DJ Atro, so shout out to him as well. But, yeah, love. you know, getting your stuff played as an Australian artist in a club, that, that's also a really big accomplishment. No, yeah, we, we also spin out how to play our music and especially the genre, like, 
a type of, type of music it is, you know, you wouldn't think they'd play it out there like that. But yeah, it's crazy now that um, the feedback we get from everyone, you know, so shout out to all those DJs putting their names on the line to play our music. Hey. Fuck, yeah, we also hear like they get, um, they get backlash and that, you know, just because of their name and that, but we won't get into that. The first bar from Lex, you know, that shit is iconic, you know, they call me Chingy. Explain to us, you know, what Lex does, you know, outside of the music. What does he bring to, you know, 1-4 and the vibes and, and just the general energy? No, I'll give you a hint, he's actually Chingy. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no, he's like, he, you know, he, he's, he's a lot older than us boys. He's a bit older than us boys. But um, yeah, what he brought to the team is like his knowledge and his experience, you know. Before, um, before we started doing music, he was doing music already, him and Selly. And um, like, while, we, while we were out there running a muck and that, and we, when, we when we decided to come to the studio, he, he's the one that like, taught, taught us how to move in there. And, you know, like, um, he, he helped us find our sound as well, you know, and, and move towards this drill thing. But um, yeah, he, he, yeah, shout out to Lex. It's pretty much him and Sally as well. Mm. Shout out to my brother Sally as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's where they started. And, and, and Lex just brings a lot to the group. And without him, before he, before he got locked up, he was the one doing, like, editing our video clips and that. So, like, he, he, he brought a lot into the group, you know? Especially, and like, he was good with computers as well. Like, he would, he would be the one recording my singles back in the day too, like, helping me out. So, yeah, free Lex. You just mentioned Selly there and um, Notable Bars. Um, free Me. That was also huge when it came out. People <laughs> in the comment section like, did he just say Free Me? That's yeah. crazy. I think um, we just, the, we, we like doing things different, you know, like, just with Sally saying Free Me, like, no one ever does that, you know, it sounds yeah. dumb sometimes, like, yeah, we just, we just had no care in the world with what people, people said about us, you know, if we were going to say something, we'll say it, you know, and that's, that's why I, I feel like a, a lot of people like us because of, the things we say, we don't really care, you know? And in our interview with um, Husky, he spoke about um, Selly for a little bit because he was inside with Selly. Um, but from you guys, you know, being members of 1-4, similar thing to Lex, you know, what do you think he brought to the project, you know, besides being, you know, one of the original founding members? He's just energy. He was just, we were just all together. We used to sit in garage and that rap sometimes, you know? It was just a group full of rappers and, and it was just another head in, in, into the idea of becoming a rapper, you know? That's it. No, his passion for music as well was big too. So, like, he always had a drive. Sometimes we get put off music, or sometimes we take too long to drop something. But this guy was always on his own bus. Yeah. This is either we did a song with him, or he just goes do yeah, his do own it thing, you know? Yeah, like, He oh, was yeah. just always one, wanted to yeah. go, you know. We speak to Selly now too, and um, he's dying to get on the track. You know, oh, we're yeah. trying to figure out ways how we could like record over the jail phone and that. So, yeah, rap's not dead, you know. Over the phone, straight record yeah, we'll, from the phone. We'll, have some, we'll, have, we'll sort out some for him, you know. Just wait on it, everyone, please. Sally track coming soon. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And a couple of weeks after the message dropped, um, I remember me and Howe were talking around that time, and you know, um, I happen to have a couple of friends who, who were bringing out Dave um, from the UK, and he was doing an Australian tour, you know, and, and that was the same time that Dave, you know, he recorded himself in the car. You know, listening to the message being like, one for official, this shit is crazy, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, you know, we were speaking to the promoters of Dave being like, hey, you should be on these 1-4 boys, you know, <laughs> like D Dave actually fucks with him. It might be cool if they play the show. And obviously, after weeks and weeks of emailing, it was, it was locked in. And then I think that was the first time that we got a taste of, you know, 
how intense the police pressure around one four would be. You know, so um, given that you guys had a few cases and a few brushes with the law, were you guys always expecting this to happen with your live shows, or were you kind of surprised by that? No, uh, not really. We I didn't really think of it like that. I I I, I seen New Cage and that it was happening there. You know, but like over here, it was like it was there. The idea was there, but. I never knew it was going to happen until it actually happened. You know? At the same time, like, we just, like, like as you said, with our running through the law and that, it was, it was just pretty much another barricade, you know, in front of us. We just knew we had to find a way to get around it. That's it, you know. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've always, like, you know, been, been in situations like that. So, yeah, we're the type of people that, that just push through it and, you know, see how we go. But, yeah, shit go will happen, but it is what it is. The same thing happened to your headline tour. And I remember it was like, the media attention around it was crazy. The, the police attention was just so intense. I remember I had police and journalists calling me about you guys, like being like, who's 1-4's lawyer? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, how would I know? You know what I mean? I think it was intense, like on your end, like you, should, you wouldn't understand what was happening. <laughs> you wouldn't understand what was happening at home, man. You know, it was crazy. Oh yeah, that's something else I don't want to get into too. Okay. Yeah, next subject, please. <laughs> Another episode. Yeah. So what's the live situation now? Have you guys got any updates on that or, or, or what's happening with that? No, this virus is just slowing everything down. So we're just, we're just taking step by step. Yeah, we're you know? still being patient. And but that, with, with, with the virus being around too, like we're, we've been through, through, through stages where we have to get around stuff, you know, so, yeah. and get over it. Maybe it's a good thing we weren't allowed to do shows because now everyone can feel what we've been through, you know? Yeah, not So yeah, everyone shows, think man. about that once. And then after the message was Spot the Difference, which is... I believe your most played track on YouTube, so obviously the people love it. Yeah. And um, as well, you guys won an FBI um, Smack Award for that, so congrats on that. Yeah. Um, JMs, in your speech when you got up there, you, you said something along the lines of being from Mount Druitt, you know, um, this stuff doesn't normally happen to us. Yeah. So can you expand a bit on what you meant by that? You know, like um, growing up in Mount Druitt, um, what was the expectation? You know, like, um, I guess... Like being from Mani and that, like there was like no artists we, we, we got to look up to coming up from music, like from where we're from, you know. So um, just being just just being able to go to those events and that is a big thing for us, you know. There's like all those music functions and that, and just the award all together, like, the award all together. Um, like you you you'd know yourself and we're there like those type of people, <laughs> you know, we're just like, fuck, this is, this, this is not our thing, but we know we're here for a good reason and that we're proud of ourselves. But yeah, no, it, 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 it was a good accomplishment being able to receive that. A um, big shout out to FBI, you know, thanks for everything. But yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that's, that's just how we felt at the time. We appreciate everything, but... Like you said, it's, it's kind of like a massive change for artists, um, you know, especially artists get big on YouTube, um, to kind of learn how to maneuver at award shows at events, in boardrooms, at Spotify, at Apple Music, all these big, tall office buildings, you know, you walk in there, you have to sign your name in and all this stuff. So, and especially you guys have had to do it in a very short time, you know, from 2018 to 2019, that change was so intense. So how have you guys learned to kind of, you know, move differently around those crowds? Oh, I get, I get iffy with crowds and that. Like, I don't really like moving around in crowds and that, but like, you know, it was like a big thing when we, when we see things like that, you know, big buildings and going in to meet corporate people. Like, we never used to do it, you know, like, so, yeah, it was, it was a big change in our life, but slowly it was like, I don't know, it felt like it wasn't happening, but it was happening, you know, so. For myself, I weird. feel like I just had to make it a priority, that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, because a lot of like, a lot of other shit, we you know we feel like we need to get done, but we we just had to put our foot down and you know tell us tell ourselves music is the way to go. We got to be at these meetings, you know, if we want to make it further where we're where we're trying to go, then we have to go, you know. Can't just stay in the hood and fuck around, you know. <laughs> and the other thing that you know was very prominent in Spot the Difference was the Mountie Bop. Um, you know, something that you guys have very much helped popularise. It's gone big on TikTok and all that. So, um, coming from you guys, what are the essential elements to a good Mountie Bop? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't, man. Da I don't dance. That's like it. a flick of the wrist. <laughs> you just gotta flick it. But yeah, they, they, I see a few Mountie Bops in that on TikTok. Uh, I'm not, not impressed by it, but yeah. Probably the best Manny Bob YP. I'm not the man to speak to, bro. It's just him. Spenny, <laughs> Spenny and YP, that's, that's their really dance. Right. YP, bro. Are they the best ones, Spenny and YP, the best Manny Bob? No, YP. YP? Yeah, he made it, so. So even if YP is the king of Manny Bobs, um, Spenny, I heard from a few people that you're the king of Benders. <laughs> no, nah, bro. Yeah, nah, <laughs> that's a lie, bro. I'm going so by 2020. But even if people did call you the King of Benders, man, I heard there's a few other rappers been trying to challenge you here and there. Um, no, bro, I ain't um, getting it. I think they're just using it as an excuse to party with me. Oh, know. really? <laughs> yeah, Nookie and, and the Triple One boys. Yeah, uh, Nookie's something else. Uh, I'll, I'll leave him to the side. That's my brother, but shout yeah, out to Nookie. Shout out to Nooks, man. Yeah, that was awesome that you guys went down and played that narrow show for, for Nookie's hometown as well. That was crazy. 100%. Yeah. No, we enjoyed that. It was good, yeah. you know, being able to get out there and perform for them. Oh yeah, that, that was a night. That was a night to remember. Yeah, it was a weird thing as well, like coming from big crowds to that small crowd, you know. And we knew we were there for a reason as well. So yeah, it was crazy experience there. Just seeing the whole whole side of of an, of, an, of the state, you know, like being in there, like and seeing never like been there. how far music travels and you know what how it affects other people out there. So it's good, you know. And after Spot the Difference came uh, Lads in the Hood. Um, I think it was the first video that you guys did that, you know, had a bit of a narrative to it, you know what I mean? Was that a conscious move by you, by you guys because so many acts by that point, you know, were doing that same aesthetic, you know, big crowds with, you know, balaclavas, flares and stuff like that. You know, something which you guys helped popularise. Yeah. Did you, you guys intentionally move away from that because so many people were doing it? Yeah, that was pretty much it, eh? We just felt, felt like we were at a point where we, we need to be a bit different now. There's a lot of crews being the same, so yeah. we like changing things up. So we, we don't like being like, put in the same position, like the same category as our groups, you know? So we, we, we always try and not be simple with things. That's why we, we changed it up. Mm. So after Lads in the Hood came um, in the beginning, uh, you know, and when I listened to that track, um, it's pretty much you guys in the hook, you're, you're stating, you know, this is the impact that we made on, on Australian music, you know, now everyone wants to do it. So when you guys look at the influence that you had, you know, do you guys see it as positive or do you guys see any negatives to it? Because on the positive side, you know, you've influenced so many people to start rapping and so many people to start making music. But I guess on the negative side, like you were kind of hinting on that song, you know, a lot of people are trying to capitalise yeah. and copy kind of like what you guys are doing. I feel like the negative side for me is, is that like they, they're rapping about, some people rap about things that like they think it's cool to rap about, you know, like we, 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 we rapped about these things because sometimes we're going through it and it feels like if you're capitalising on a life that you never lived, then why do it? Because it's not something that you choose, it's something that we grew up on. So yeah, that's kind of the negative side that people like tend to forget when they start doing that type of music. But then there's a, there's a huge positive, yeah, positive side, side you know? as well. Like, yeah, we're, just, yeah, we're glad, you know, everyone has this platform to make music on and, 
And um, yeah, we're not like we're not selfish enough, you know, like yeah. We can't be be mad about it either because True. without them there wouldn't be a scene, you know. Like, there's a strong scene here now that, that a lot of other groups mm. are coming up too. So you know, we're we're happy for that. You know, we're happy that we made that impact. So speaking about opening doors for artists, I think you know um, some of the younger. Um, you know, drill groups coming from the area like Section 60. You know, you guys are in the No Way clip recently. Um, who are some of the other youngins that you think from your area that we should be kind of aware of or that you really, you guys really like? Shout out to Fez. He's also on the hell as well. Yeah. It's, one of, it's one of the guys. Um, Section 60 is, well, I think there's a lot of rappers coming up, yeah. but just not established yet, you know? So, but like, with any with anyone in the area that's trying to do the music, we'll be there, you know, we'll be there to help out yeah. as much as we can because we like giving off our knowledge. So, but yeah, there's not not really an established group yet, but it's probably Session 60. Yeah, shout out to the Six Six Boys. Yeah, they're doing things. Six Six Boys. So, shout out to them too. A big moment um, for the end of the beginning video was, you know, what everyone was talking about the YP uh, face reveal. So, who decided that? Was it, did you guys sit down with the Jane Collective and kind of talk about that, or who brought the ideas to the table? Um, I think we well, wanted, yeah. wanted to take it off, and it was just up to us to say that, okay, because like, all the boys would be, be in his head, you know, and we were like, yeah, if you want to do it, it's time, you know? Yeah. But that, 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 that was his decision, and he did it, you know? We were never stopping that. But it was like the iconic one on, in the beginning. Yeah, that, that his time was coming too, yeah. so, you know. The next track was uh, Welcome to Prison. And I think that was another iconic video moment. You know, you know the scene at the end where you were walking out, and you know YP was walking in. Um, how did it feel filming that? Because I think it's quite, you know, no one can really pinpoint that feeling because you know YP filming, you know, himself going into prison, knowing that he had a case and that he was most likely going in. You know, a couple of months later. No, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember planning to um, planning to record that song and at the same time planning to shoot the clip as well, you know. So, so us boys, like mainly me and P, we, from start to finish, we like kind of planned out how we wanted the clip to go and, you know, we just, we just, we pretty much just um, summed up our experiences and put it together. So that's exactly what happened, you know. I, I come out the year before and then he, he was going in then and we, know, we knew like, you know, that, that, that's some real shit, so yeah we decided to um, shoot it. That was a crazy scene. I mean, it's just, you know, as, as well as the music, um, it was, you know, all combining into like, you know, this really cinematic vibe about it. And I think that, um, you know, it was definitely a move away from the sound that you guys built, you know, your, your career on. And I think it was mad. Um, was that a conscious decision again, to move away kind of from the drill stuff because you'd done it and so many people were starting to do it? With music for us, it's always been a like, it's always, um, I feel like it was always going to happen. We knew, we knew, like we weren't just going to stay drill artists and that. Hundred percent, because you got to move on from that because of all the backlash sometimes, you know. But not only that, we we started seeing seeing that we, we can actually have a future in music, you know. So to become a musician, you actually got to go out and try different things. So there's no limit to what we do, you know. We're going to try anything and everything, you know, and that's. Pretty much why we like this. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna hear some crazy music too coming out. Hundred percent. Yeah, a lot, a lot of new shit. We won't get into it. We won't get deep into it. But yeah, you he's, he's love it. More melodic or like? Yeah, yeah. everything, man. Everything, but everything. Man. Yeah, we got, we got, we got big plans.
they got fucking ruined by this fucking virus now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we got big plans, you know. So yeah, hopefully all goes well after everything blows over. And that obviously brings us to um, the track that just came out, collaboration with ASAP Ferg. Um, huge. You guys have done a few international collaborations here and there, like you know your burner from the UK. But I think you know this is by far the biggest one. Um, so how did that come about? Like, because that's pretty crazy just to get Ferg to land in Sydney and just drive to Mount Druitt. You know, it's pretty much unheard of. <laughs> oh well, we had a meeting earlier during the day, and you know we we're, we're planning out what tracks and that we're gonna bring out next and. You know, at the end of the meeting, our manager, Ricky, was like, oh, Ferg said he wants to jump on this or something like that. And we're like, oh, why don't you tell us that before, you know? And Not just, I think he just wanted on, to link up. Yeah, he, just he wanted, wanted to link, link up. up. And it was but like, yeah, we that, stayed like some time away from, you know, man, he's like you know, away from the city and that. So, yeah, um, he just wanted to link up. And then like, we're just pushing all our weight, just throwing everything we had on our hands to go see him, you know? And we were in a rush. I think we were in a rush. Yeah, we were in a big our, rush. Our, our, our window wasn't very big, so so we just we shot down there. And um, yeah, we just wanted to meet him. That's it. And then we were stoked that um, oh, thanks to Hal, Hal plugged us. Yeah, he he, he speared him through us. Um, and uh, yeah, we were just we were just wrapped. We were waiting there at the studio, and he come uh, his security and that came up and checked the surroundings and that made sure everything was all clear. And then, yeah, he come up. And then we just showed him, we just showed him some of our tracks and having a chat and that. Yeah, his manager told me that he was only going to be out for 10 minutes, yeah. it's only a photo. And then Ferg come through and he sat down and it looked like he wanted to hear some music. So he was talking to us, was showing some music and he, he was showing us some beats as well. And we, I was kind of getting like the hint that, you know, he was, and then bang, he wanted to jump on it and said, let's do a video clip tomorrow. And, James like done. It seemed like yeah. everything happened just yes, real quick. So yeah. quick. He was um he was he was he was telling us, oh, you know, um, let's do a track. We'll shoot it tomorrow before I fly on Saturday. And I just I made sure I was like done, made sure he shook on it, you know. And he's like, Yeah, sweet, we'll get it done. And then he goes, Oh, in order in order for um in order for me to jump on the track, everyone needs to leave the room. So I just got up, I was like, everyone get the <laughs> fuck out right now. <laughs> they got up and they got out. So we were rapped about that. Us boys in the hallways and just fucking, you know, we're just like, can't yeah, believe this yeah. is happening right now. Andrew, so yeah. Just seeing him in his element as well, you yeah, know, like, word. the way he was recording just taught us a lot as well. Nah, like, yeah, big artists true. Like that. Like, you know, he just sat, sat in there 30 minutes and we come back upstairs and we can hear lyrics fine. And, yeah, word. Yeah, just. Big ups to Ferg for doing yeah, that. Man. Shout out to Ferg, man. That's what people need to remember. He didn't have to do this. He didn't even have to come out to Mountie and that. 100%. And he he did it, you know. Most rappers probably complain about getting from the airport to the city, but go to the city to Mountie is Yeah, (laughs) of course, man. Um, So we just recapped, you know, um, a massive year, massive, massive year for 1 4. Um, I was going to ask you guys, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, how do you want people to remember, you know, 1 4? Successful, big successful. Yeah, uh, some successful kids that came from yeah, that yeah. job. And it. I don't want them to only remember like this part. I want, to, want them to remember in five years' time, me still, in, you know, still, still big and successful. Like that's the end goal. Yeah, mainly the good, the good we done, you know. Yeah, yeah. But we won't be gone in five years, ten times. <laughs> well, he here. doesn't want to stop rapping. <laughs> Twenty years, fifty right? years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be that annoying old man rapping. <laughs> <laughs> nah.
And um, finally, what's on the cards for 1-4 for the rest of 2020 and um, you know, into 2021? Nah, same thing, just music. We've got 